Welcome to Chai Talk. This is your host, Laurel Herman, and I'm here today with my very special guest, my daughter Tracy, who is a local artist, a cat lover, and works in the field of public history. Welcome. Thank you. Okay, we had to do a do-over because <laughs> I think you were sitting like two feet away and it was and we're talking with masks on because... Um, we're socially distancing we're, and we're trying to do the right thing. We're trying to do the right thing. Not best for recording. There you go. So um, I have a few questions I want to ask you. How has it been to create art in the time of COVID? More challenging than you would think. It This idea of when you're an artist, you can just sit down and draw whenever is a lie. <laughs> you have to be in the right headspace just for me personally the surroundings have to be perfect or not perfect but just right you have to feel good or you have to be the right kind of conduit to let your art out would you say it's been harder to be inspired because of all the stress of work and where's the money coming from and are we opened and are we closed oh that's been a huge stressor no doubt and yeah, that that can really dampen the art making mood when you're worried about will I catch it if I go to the store? Will I catch it when I go to work? Or yeah, it's it has not been easy. And also just, you know, trying my best to keep informed with the news, but also not depressing myself. Okay, so you've been involved with a crafting group that you were one of the founding members, I think. Um and so what have you and your friends been up to to um, make this time a little bit more interesting? So my friend Skelly created this group called Nerds for Homesteading. And we're basically just getting together and doing sheet <laughs> seed sharing and having uh, gardening questions, learning how to make our own, uh, grow our own vegetables, uh, learning how to pickle, cooking, uh, building things, embroidery, sewing, all these amazing just normal things that now we had the time to do. So it's it's great that our creativity has kind of gone towards that as well. What would you what are you working on at the moment? Right now I'm working on a piece, a memento mori actually from a class I took through uh, morbid anatomy and it's taking me a long time, but it's 18 by 24. It's on watercolor paper. It is pen and ink. And it's it's a mess. It's it's a lot of work. Can you explain to me, explain to everybody what Mento Mori is and the inspiration and a little bit about that uh, roving museum exhibit that inspired you? Okay, so Memento Mori basically means uh, to be aware of your own mortality. Anyone who's ever, at least in VCU and other art classes, anyone who's taken an art history class knows exactly uh, what I'm talking about. But even if you don't, it's you've seen it in a lot of old paintings where there's a skull hidden somewhere. Someone is holding a skull. There's a skeleton in the background. This idea that you are very aware of your life and that death is very much a part of life. That's pretty cool. I don't know if it's something I would be into, but <laughs> I know you have an, a, a fascination with skulls and a lot of your work 
a lot of your work um, has a lot of skulls in it. So it's kind of really interesting. And also, I mean, you're a doodler. So tell me about how the skulls and the doodling sort of um, intertwine. It's very much a stream of consciousness type of thing for me. Uh, just get a pen and sit and doodle. And studies have shown that actually when you doodle, your brain is working really hard and you're actually retaining more information, especially if you're in a lecture or anything like that and you're supposed to be taking notes. Definitely take the notes, but don't be afraid to doodle in the, the margins somewhere. Um, that has kind of pushed my work in a direction I never thought it would go. I'm very much a fan of the very classical, um, beautifully rendered anatomical paintings and drawings, but I'm more just doing a lot of strange squiggles and veins and roots, all kinds of crazy things with my doodles. That's kind of, that's really cool. That's really cool. I wish I could do it. And most of it's um, pen and ink or charcoal. Pen and ink mainly. Charcoal is a little messier. So with charcoal, I tend to do kind of a completely different style. I don't know how or why, but uh, different materials require different, I guess, a different attitude. Okay. Okay. That's kind of how I view it. Okay. So I um, asked you before we had to re-record because <laughs> because um, you were sitting like two feet away from me and it wasn't working very well. Um, so we live in the city of Richmond. For those people who don't know, and um, if you want to tell us a little bit about what happened with the Lee Monument, and it's it's become, um, there's all kinds of graffiti art to reflect um, the anger and the protest that's gone on in this city. Could you tell me where you would like to see the art community evolve in terms of activism? I think the biggest thing with the art community in Richmond is to recognize this art for what it is and to not whitewash over it like they have with some of the other monuments, or at least the pedestals of the monuments. They completely covered over some graffiti, but people, the, a lot of protesters will go back over it and say, you know, vote out hate or just things like that. You can't whitewash history. You can't cover the truth. The truth is always going to come out. And as for the Lee Monument, I am, every time I walk by it, I'm always in awe because it was previously just a, a spot to venerate this total loser. That's what he was. I mean, Richmond has been jokingly called a, the pla a place for a best second place statues. But <laughs> yeah, so instead of venerating him, the entire area, which is now known as Marcus David Peters Circle, after a young uh, black gentleman who was murdered by cops, it's now become a shrine. It's sacred ground. It's a community space. And I'd love to see the art community do more of that. I'd like to see less investors come in and build condos that no one can afford. And I'd like to see more parks, more art spaces, more places where artists um, black artists, indigenous artists can come out and have their work shown. I know it, it's a really powerful place because I was recovering from surgery when, and, and thankfully you were here taking care of me. But in, in July, I went, I went down there. It wasn't like a hot summer day. I had to pick a day that it wasn't too hot. I don't like the heat. And I went down there and it was pretty empty there. 
but it was such a profound uh, experience. And I mean, I just left there and got in my car and just the tears started coming because I could feel all the energy from the people that were there when this was all going down. It was pretty intense stuff. So um, I'm going to ask you one more question. Uh, you and I were talking before about some of the work that you did in Art Foundation when you were at VCU. I know that you're switching now from jewelry, and some of your a lot of your jewelry is is also anatomical, uh, anatomically correct. The brain, the heart, um, the inside of an ear, um, really fascinating stuff. So, where are you taking that interest um, now? Still very much interested in it, but I kind of want to turn that more towards. Uh, my own personal, I guess, illustrations, uh, other kinds of artwork. I definitely want to work more towards the field of history. And I don't quite know where I'm going to land with that just yet as I look for graduate schools. But I, I'm tired of, um, I'm tired of fixing jewelry. I'll still do stuff, but I want to do my own stuff on my own terms and not just for the sake of making money necessarily. I'm like, wouldn't we all like to be there? And that's a good place to be and a good note to end this on. So a nice chat with Tracy in the time it takes to drink a cup of chai. See you next week. Be healthy. Wear your mask when you go out. Think of other people, socially distance and have a good